I'm gonna I'm gonna go down a rabbit hole here and talk about NBA for some stupid reason on an NFL <laughs> podcast straight up. Yeah, yeah. Now get a load of what yeah. you enjoy there. This is terrific. And he starts going <laughs> like he just he like has... goes absolutely mental and then like fucking nearly explodes. This is why, oh. because I'm just Mr. Perfect, yeah. It's game time. So to me, that would be a good way to open it up. Yes. You know, so yeah, there's definite appeal there. Oh, no, we just lost our under 20 demographic. It was a fizzle. So where do young people go when they're not uh, catching passes at the Steelers, Tay? Someone like the Jets will probably throw a massive coin at him to try and send his career into a tailspin. Hot diggity dog. I'm an optimist. I, I like having lots of options. Because, I mean, we see this all the time. We see three for twos. We see two for ones. Honestly, mate, that'd be enough to make me play well. This is a game my wife and I play at home, and you're like, whoa! <laughs> this is the Astro League. It sounds so weird in, like, an Australian accent. The Astro League. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> the Astro League podcast. I think my sheriff's decision is I, I just wouldn't do it during the season. Well, g'day, g'day, and welcome to the Astros Fantasy Football Podcast. It is the number one Australian-made NFL fantasy football podcast all over the globe. And by all over the globe, I pretty much just mean here in Australia and uh, our buddies across the Tasman in New Zealand. Anyhow, that's world enough for us. My name is Maddie C. I'm the host of the show. Uh, I've been the commissioner of the Astro League now for pretty well all 12 years. And uh, I'm actually the hero of the people, given the wonderful fantasy advice I was doling out last week. And uh, I'm not going to elaborate on that now. It will be spoken about later on. But you've been warned. This is the divisional playoff round in the NFL, and it means we've got a bunch to get to. Firstly, before we do, check out our Facebook, check out our Instagram, roll along, and uh, it will give you windows as to what's been going on here in the show. Subscribe to the Astro League podcast too, anywhere you can get your podcast, because it means you won't miss a show the whole way through this NFL playoffs, and we'll have intermittent shows through the offseason. This way, you'll get the show. I know that a few people in my family, uh, they download it. Uh, you don't have to listen to it. I definitely tell my parents to download, but not, not really listen. Uh, but if you do accidentally listen, then that's okay too. So yes, find us everywhere you get a podcast, and remember to rate and review us, because it will help others find the show, and that Facebook and Instagram are at Astro League Podcast. We're even on Twitter. Twitter at Astro League Pod. Well, it was a big weekend, a wild weekend of wild cards. And it started with number four Cincinnati defeating number five Las Vegas Raiders 23-16 in a pretty entertaining game. Now, Manjot and Maddie get this one right. Maddie, it's me. By the way, it's uh it, it is worth noting that Manjot's analysis from the preview was that here's a Raiders team where the coach is fired pretty early in the season. One player actually was involved in an incident which killed another person in a DUI. And then a second player later in the year was let go by the team after also uh, turning in a DUI. Any one of those things could derail a team, yet this team survived all three to go on and make the playoffs and then perform really admirably in that game as well, uh, losing by a score on the road. After all of that is uh, a pretty decent performance. Cincinnati, they get their first ever playoff win at Paul Brown Stadium as well. And they're off to face the number one seed Tennessee Titans in the next round. Buffalo roll it, number six, New England at, I don't even know what the name of their stadium is. It used to be New Era Field and it was Buffalo Stadium and, and now I don't even know what it's called. But at Highmark Stadium, there you go, 47-17, Buffalo go to 12-1 and in playoff games at that stadium, whatever you call it. Their offense was too good. Their defense was too good. And a rookie QB on the road in division in freezing conditions 
uh, did help the internet win as the anti-patriot memes came thick and fast. Not upset to see Buffalo roll New England and uh, sadly for New England fans, this is what it's like for everybody else in the playoffs every year that they have to face Tom Brady for that 20 years. Speaking of Tom Brady, number two, Tampa Bay. Demolish number seven, Philadelphia. Uh, it came out later that Hertz was playing on a bit of a bum ankle, and he truly did look like a boy playing against men out there as he was personally responsible for bungling their two chances at points before halftime. It was 17 zip, and it got out to 31 zip on the back of a muffed punt and an intercept before Philadelphia scored anything. So uh, I think the score in the end of losing by. A handsome three scores really did flatter Philadelphia. Uh, sayonara, and we'll see you all next year. Number two, Kansas City squished the number seven Pittsburgh Steelers as well. As you might expect, number two is just beating the crap out of number seven. Sounds fine. This was a game for whom the bell tolled because it all started slowly and a bit cagey. But then in almost no time at all in the second quarter, the game just ended. Mahomes threw five touchdowns. Kelsey caught one, but also later threw one too. And it finished 42 to nowhere near enough. If Ben wants to be back, uh, he's going to need to be a backup, like the Jets or something. Um, so if it's only going to be see you later, that's what it's going to have to do. But uh, I think we all know this should be goodbye, Ben. And uh, thank you for a great career, but it sounds like uh, this is the, the final swan song for Ben Roethlisberger in the NFL. And a terrible way for him to go out, looking so bad for most of the last two seasons. But, uh, you know, that, that's it. It's hard to know when to give it up. Now, here's the great upset of the week. Is number six, San Francisco, rolls into Dallas, rolls away with a win in a real ripper. And when it got out to like 13 nothing. I think any neutral fan truly would have been able to say, well, that's pretty much over. And it definitely was by 16 to 7. Uh, but without Bosa and Fred Warner, sort of toward the end of the game there in the fourth quarter, it was a pretty big ask to hang on as Dallas was starting to get their things together. They still needed an awful lot of things to go perfectly right, including having enough clock left. And uh, they didn't even manage that. But clocks have never really sort of been the friend of McCarthy in the past either. So uh, looks like San Francisco, worthy winners in my eyes. I know you'll get a lot of argument from Dallas fans. We can talk about that later. Number four, LA Rams eject the number five Arizona Cardinals from the playoffs, who really just lost their way from week 13 onwards. By the time they were down 14 points and punting from their own 10 again, it felt like it was way too big of a mountain to climb. And even pro football reference at that stage only gave them something like a 9% chance of winning from that point. So at that point, yeah, it was all LA all the time. Stafford after 600 years in the league, gets his first playoff win, and he gets to go visit a happy hunting ground next week in search of another. I think the big takeaway here is that Cam Akers, who made his return from that big knee injury early in the year, he looked sharp. So say what you will, it's going to be an interesting week for the LA Rams. Okay, so we do that now because otherwise, if all three of us guys do the full recap and then we try to preview four more games, we saw what it was like trying to do just six games last week. So if we try to talk about 10, that is going to be a nightmare. So we will elaborate uh, about the four games that are coming up this weekend and we will make vague references back to these games. And we're doing it, assuming you've also watched them or seen the highlights. Those are a couple of little things that uh, we know happened in the games. And uh, in, in the meantime, let's just get the guys in here. Let's get the cast back up and running, the three of me goals. The man, the myth. 
the legend. Do we have a vomit and bucketing drop? Go high, go middle, or go low. You heard it first. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that just makes no sense to me at all. You all know what time it is. It really becomes about personal opinions and preference. Taylor talk time. Uh, we are back. And this was such a great experiment to do last week. We're, we've actually been returned by our fans. Uh, we've got some pretty good feedback. And uh, our show, our new format here, seems to be intriguing people enough. Uh, so, of course, we introduce back our league champion, winner of the Astros podcast starts of the week for the season. And from what I understand, the new mayor of Greater Wollongong. But actually, owing to his finishing starts of the week last week, we're going to need to introduce him more appropriately as Trailer. Welcome back to the show, mate. <laughs> Whenever you say that name, it reminds me of... Um, I'm going I'm to go down a rabbit hole here and talk about NBA for some stupid reason on an NFL <laughs> podcast straight up. Um, I'm a massive Dirk Nowitzki fan, and they traded... Uh, Milwaukee traded... Dirk for tractor trailer. If anyone remembers that, <laughs> he basically was a fridge with legs, um, and they decided that was good uh, f- a good trade for Dirk Nowitzki. Um, and yeah, that was uh, that basically started the whole Dallas dynasty. Oh, don- not dynasty, but That's started the whole uh, love affair I had <laughs> with uh, Dirk. So I thought that was pretty funny. Anything to avert uh, the actual reason why you're calling me trailer mate? I'd like that to be struck from the record and uh, we'll forget uh, that you even said that uh, and uh, we'll, we'll move forward and see if I can uh, get rid of that name because it sucks ass. and um, you know I just want to go back to you know trophy polishing <laughs> he's dismissing it no follow-ups alright no follow-ups no uh, follow-ups zero follow-ups <laughs> our resident member of the 49ers faithful writer of the pastry press NFL and contributor to the great new podcast the Aussie end zone it's the mystic man Jot welcome in mate Oh, yes. I am back, back, back. You know, Mr. Perfect last week in um, predictions, that is. Mr. Perfect, um, Mr. Perfect in preseason predictions. You know, I'm back. This is why, because I'm just Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Do you want to quickly spruik that? Because I thought that was amazing. I'm getting oh, a real dose of my own medicine here. Yeah. After I um, spruiked my five from five last year, I'm really just oh. popping it from the other end. Yeah, yeah. Now get a load of what yeah. Manjot did. This is terrific. <laughs> oh, this is actually amazing. So yeah. I did go six and zero in my predictions in the first episode I did here on uh, Astro yeah. League. But what's more impressive is I sent this post to you guys in the chat. But I actually got the exact like seven out of eight of the participants in division round correct in preseason. In preseason. Like, that was- the only thing I like messed up was I put the Browns over the Bengals. I like had the AFC North in the exact <laughs> opposite order. So I had them in order, but I had them in the reverse order. So let me give myself a little credit. But yeah, that AFC North was messed up. But even more insane, the look at my NFC divisional predictions. I got not only the matchups, but I got the home teams like correct. Like I don't yeah. know how I did this. Like, I did not. I had the worst, like, NFC predictions last year. And then this year I come in. I, ha- I just predict divisional round correct. Like, what? Like, it's, it's what? Extraordinary. It's extraordinary. So, to get most of the teams who eventually made the playoffs in the first place is pretty amazing. But to have all four teams actually playing the correct opponents in the NFC side for this week and you pick that in the preseason, my mind <laughs> hurts thinking about how extraordinary that is. And here's Tay carrying on about getting, uh, what did you get, Goober and Super once <laughs> this year? And he was pretty excited about it. 
I mean, hey, mate, I'll, I'll, I like to throw out there the mathematical chances of me getting the Goober and Super in one week is actually actually worse. Uh, it's than uh, that, one so in twenty trillion, it. wasn't it? <laughs> one two hundred fifty. Uh, Something. Hang on, carry the one. Uh, yeah, 30, 30 or 40 trillion, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, it was a big number. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but I just wanted to heap a bit of praise on Man John for that. He'd uh, spoken to me off mic about it a bit earlier, and I said, hey, I missed the. I, I didn't catch this um, post in the preseason. I came in when there were the 100 days counting down, and I missed this along the way. So I'm glad he's called it up because even to have. Everyone except for the, the Browns, um, all the other seven teams just right to start with is pretty amazing. But then on the other side, even just having one conference, not just all four right, but actually playing the correct opponents. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. Yeah, that was insane. Yeah. And insane. I got Chiefs with Bills in my ASC like championship, but they're playing this week. So, you know, let's jump into it, you know. Well, who wants to kick off a bit of goat getting? Who's got a problem with the world that they need to complain about? I need a minute to complain about a couple of things. There's some things that are getting my goat. Yeah, I don't. I feel like that's happened every episode. There's just something that comes out of my mouth, and you're like, "Well, I don't know if anyone ever would have predicted this." You could kiss my ass, son. I miss doing that in back-to-back weeks by the skin of an Antarctic man's dick. That guy hasn't <laughs> run for a rushing touchdown since television was in black and white. But hasn't Joel been kissed on the dick by? you know, dick-kissing leprechauns. Like, it's just been unbelievable the last six weeks. There are a couple of the arseholes that have taken off my Christmas card list now. That was a brutal section for you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, anyway, um, there was a lot that I was wrong about. Wrong, 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 wrong. That's fair. That's a whole podcast. I don't have a problem. I'm sort of rebranding this segment. I've got something... Because I absolutely love the games. I didn't. I had a couple of things I thought of bringing up, but... I decided to go with something that I just actually found really funny. Uh, did anyone catch when uh, I think it was Kendrick Bourne caught a touchdown oh, at the yes. end of that game and someone just pegs a dildo? Yes. <laughs> I knew he didn't just like get it like somewhere around the ground. He did set, pegged it like just next to him, perfect spiral. <laughs> Into the end zone, like it was a better pass than Mac Jones did all day. Uh, it was, it was an absolute special. Like it was just the perfect thing. And then the players started like pointing at it, going, hey, "Is that such dildo? Is that, am I looking at this right? What the fuck is that?" It was just so good. I don't know why. I so just good. felt like I wanted to bring that up more than anything. It got my go because I actually thought the, uh, I really enjoyed the games, and honestly, not. <laughs> Outside of, you know, having my own issues in terms of starts of the week is what it is. Uh, but not, not playing fantasy in any other aspect probably gave me a chance to sort of look at the games a bit more. And I actually really enjoyed most of them. Some of them were absolute shit, like the, the oh, yeah. Eagles and Bucks. This is garbage. Um, but in, in all, I was actually really happy with the games. I just thought I'd bring out something funny instead. Yeah. It's what gets his attention this week. No, what gets his go. Yes, what gets his attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're rebranding. Like, we're rebranding yeah. this week. Okay. Yeah, Benton, you got something? Just, I mean, just the refereeing. Like, I just don't <laughs> like how the refs have been like throughout postseasons. Like in my like lifetime, like watching this game, I always see there's some ref controversy. I'm just really disappointed by it. You know, I feel like there has to be like just use more technology. I know human error. That's something that can never be fixed. But like that Bengals vs Raiders game, like. I don't think the Raiders lost because of that errant whistle. I don't think the Cowboys lost because of, you know, the, the ref being so slow. I, I just think, like, the right teams won those games, but 
those errors just like took over like the post game and stuff. And I just don't like how that is. So I reckon like more technology and stuff like that errant whistle, you could hear it on the TV broadcast. Like, yeah, that should be reviewable. Like, I feel like a lot of these things should be reviewable, like college football reviews, like every place. Like, I know the game takes already takes nearly like three and a half hours, but I'd rather get everything right, you know, leave everyone like happy with the product in the field than have like, you know, reps. And then also my second kind of gripe is like I was getting up to yesterday's game on Monday Night Football. It just didn't feel the same. It felt like Wildcard Weekend kind of dragged along a bit. Um, by the time we got there, it just didn't feel like it was the playoffs. Like I felt like, you know, the first two days already knocked me out and not, and then we get into a third day. So it just felt like hmm. it dragged on with a few blowouts and stuff, but yeah, that was just interesting. those two things. Yeah. I mean, I do like, I, I do like more football. Let me just put it out there. More football. Is You're not better, saying I want less football. Saying you kind of like it delivered a bit more compact, right? A little bit more. Yeah. It's just soccer to it me. Felt a bit long. It felt a bit too long, but, you know, it just, it's just, yeah, it's just how the NFL just does its thing. Make more money. Maddie, can I re-enter here? And uh, I don't want that to be taken as a sexual in- innuendo after I just talked about dildos. Um, I, I, do have, I do have a gripe, and it's something oh, that Angel sort of touched on there. Dallas Cowboys fans, you sooky yeah. wankers. I'm yep. so sick of it. Seeing on social media, oh, the ref getting in the way cost him the game. No, it didn't. He had to get to the ball and get. he has to touch it. He didn't get in their way on purpose. It's because you idiots ran a draw play and ran it too far and the ref couldn't yeah. get there, couldn't get past the O-line to touch the ball. He has to touch the ball. He didn't get in the way yeah. on purpose. It's the fucking rules, you crybaby wankers. <laughs> Stop crying about it. Your shitty team put themselves in that position by being so ass sandwichy for the first half and they couldn't get it done and it's their own fault and they choke in the playoffs all the time. Stop crying. It's not the ref's fault. It's your own team's fault. Suck it up, buttercups. Yeah. Do you know how many Cowboys fans I had in the DMs mid? Like, I was like, I had so many Cowboys fans contending, like I said on the podcast last week. And then I had like Cowboys fan pages just messaging me. And they're like, oh, you know, they missed this hole like right here. Whereas they're calling all the holes on us. I'm like, like, I'm just like looking at it. I'm just like laughing because I'm just like, well, as a Niners fan, like I always have the gripe that Nick Bosa always, always, always gets hot held like every yeah. single play. That's how life is as a 49ers fan. You just got to be honest. That like is. Nick Bosa always is getting held. And well, like literally holding like nearly like, like it got him a concussion, like kind of he get got hold on the play. But I don't want to like blame Collins. But I do have to say like, yeah, the ref got to touch the ball. It's not your fault. And they did technically spike it. Just when the ball hit the ground, the clock hit zero. So we won. I screamed, we won when the clock hit zero. I just was like, yeah. we won, we won, we won. <laughs> and the clock was zero. And then I'm just like, I was so happy, you know, like, just, just want to say, that's my recap. That, they had 14 penalties and I believe a tighter record, but they were all so <laughs> obvious. They were like yeah. blokes like standing in the neutral zone and yeah. stuff like before yeah. the snap's even gone. Like it was Procedural. just really obvious shit. Like yeah. it was just stuff that I can't even believe a professional team would be doing. Like you cannot just look at the at the end result and stats and go, oh, look at all the penalties we had against us. It means the refs screwed us in that exact <laughs> yeah. voice because they're crybaby wankers. Um, 
I, I just hate seeing that on social media. I wish I just wouldn't look, but it's just all dickheads just crying about stuff that really didn't matter. It was their own fault they were in that situation in the first place. So yeah. get over you don't it want to look, but then you can't look away, right? It's a train crash situation, and then- right? Did you guys see those fans just like flipping off like Trent Williams? And it's yes. just like me right now, just smiling. That's you know, so they were just like, you know, and like there's a whole debate. Do you put your knuckles up or your knuckles down when you're like flipping off someone? Like that debate just, I always put knuckles down. I put knuckles Ooh. down on like my left hand, but like my right, I'm just doing like, you know, Eli, I'm not flipping you guys off, but I'm just like doing like Eli, you know, just on national TV, just flipping, like putting both birds off. But yeah, you know, just, just saying, but those guys got salty, throwing trash at the refs. Like, you know, I just love to see as a Niners fan, you know, smoking on that Cowboys pack this week. Let me just say. Oh, mate. Yeah. Well, tell you, this is exactly what my goat was about is um, Dallas fans. They've got to be better. They've just got to be better because yeah. all the certain things you said, I'm not going to recant it blow for blow, but, you know, so they're throwing things at umpires at the end of the game and even they can't do that properly and they're hitting their own players with it. It's just, it's such a bad look. It's definitely not the official's fault that they need to do procedural things. Yeah, it took a minute. Okay, well, they're not as athletic as players. Maybe the ref could have done a better job keeping up with the play. Maybe. Even at that point, so many things still had to go right for Dallas for anything to change. And it wasn't the officiating that got them in a 23 to 7 hole with a quarter to go. So I just won't hear it. Dallas fans be better. Anyhow, yeah. enough about no, that no, one. That was no, not what got my no. goat. It got everyone else's goat. So that's good news. Uh, who wants to talk some NFL previews? Let's do this. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Come on. Yeah. Let's look Let's to the go. future. Let's get out the crystal ball. I'm going to go through what the playoffs would look like if they started today. And let's preview week 13. I reckon that will come out good. But this year, I just kind of feel like it's different, don't you? You look at this year, how tight it is. Reviewing all of this week's matchups. Exactly. And how exciting would that be? Well, it'd certainly give people something to think about. And that's a wrap. The four big matchups, I-, I thought we'd just do the same as we did last week, where we look at them in the same order as the NFL schedule, which puts us in Tennessee, which is a great place to start, right? <laughs> um, yep. From what I understand, there's a great chance Derek Henry returns, and it's hard to know what role that's going to play in this one. I feel like I feel like we've got to throw it to Taylor this time, Manjot. Yep, we do. All right, man. Clearing some space. Someone get me an adult nappy because I'm moist, moist as it gets. <laughs> Get ready for this one. I'm going to keep it to my normal structure. I won't go into it too much, but uh, feel really? free to throw some questions at Ooh. me at the end. Yeah, mate, I'm I'm nothing if I'm not you know a structured professional man. That's just who I am, Matty C. I think the viewers know that. Uh, so I got my matchup to watch first year, and how do you go past AJ Brown versus Jamar Chase? Chase finishing Ooh. a wide receiver four with an unbelievable rookie season, 1,455 yards, second most ever behind Bill Groman in 1960 for the Houston Oilers. Who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get me a program. The, yeah, exactly. I think it's the most in the Super Bowl area, beat Jefferson. Oh, um, <laughs> AJ Brown, 254 yards and two touchdowns since coming back from injury three games ago. Uh, and is the clear leader in this Titans receiving game. Most deficient. Tennessee are 23rd in passing yards. This team obviously has a heavy run philosophy, but it remains to be seen whether this team can come back if asked to. Most efficient. 
Tennessee is second in the league in opposing rushing yards at 84.6 per game. That's only one of four teams that are even below 100 per game. Edge by position. Even in just his second year, you have to take Burrow over Tannehill. Burrow has the ability to break open a game, but Tannehill falls into more of a game manager role. Running back goes to Tennessee with the return of the king. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And also with – yeah, you – Apparently, some guy's back. I'm not sure what his name is. Uh, with the emergence of Deontay Foreman, I think these two could absolutely run amok. Mixon has had a great season, but up against this Titans rush D, I like the Titans here. Receiver definitely goes to the Bengals. Quality core with, with Chase, Higgins, and Boyd over Brown, Julio with the t- a tenth of a hamstring, and let's just call it company. Tight end isn't a great matchup. Aline Zoma because he had a touchdown last week, and that's enough to win this. Yeah. Bold fantasy call. I'm saying Joe Mixon has under 50 yards rushing Ooh. and has under eight fantasy points. Oh. Okay. Prediction. Yeah, I went, I went, uh, went an under this week. Went an under. Didn't, don't have to go all overs. Um, I believe Mixon finished like running back four or something this year too, so I think that is pretty bold. Um I think the Titans' defense is peaking at an absolute perfect time this season. Uh, Quality pass rush, incredible rushing defense, and Bayard was named an uh, all-NFL first team member this week. Getting healthy for the first time all year is also important, and I like their matchup here. I'm taking the Titans 27-20. Oh. All right. Sorry, I'm still writing notes. I just... So many times you said things that I think I could probably turn that into a joke. So I'm just writing it down. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, just, just line them up. <laughs> uh, I'm going to save my jokes, actually. Um, I'm absolutely not surprised that you would want to take the Titans and then I'm one seed and then, then your team. Uh, Mantle, can we hear from somebody who's uh, maybe not a little biased? <laughs> yeah, um, maybe, maybe a bit biased. Maybe a bit biased, but, you know. Oh, well, I'm actually, just- maybe you're not the person. I, I saw your bracket. And maybe you're not the person to give us a view that isn't biased. You know, it's, it's a perfect bracket so far. So, you know, there's some signs. Who's but- this five from five guy? I'm talking to Mr. Six from Six here. <laughs> yes, sir. Indeed. Mr. Six from Six right here. Um, that was totally we're not be talking- <laughs> he's totally, I'm trying to I'm trying to coax him to just be like, shut up, you dickhead, or have a crack at me. And he's not biting. He's he's uh got he's brought his matters tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Bengals Titans, you know, in Tennessee. Now that home field advantage, I think it'll be a bit of a factor here. Uh you got the Bengals, they're kind of a young team, but Burrow is a playoff kind of quarterback. He's got that vibe like Joe Cool, like they call him Joe Shiesty. Is it? Is that how you pronounce it? Joe Shiesty. That's what they call him. Do now. they? Yeah, that's what they call him on Instagram. I see Joe Burr. Like uh, Burr. Like yeah, Burr. Yeah, Burr. <laughs> yeah, they just they call him that too. Like he's hey, just. Burrow. I guess ice in his veins. You know, Joe Burrow. Like he's taking the NFL world on on fire. Like in Joey the last ice. month. Yeah, exactly. No, no one's like, using the ice nickname anymore. He can have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe Cool, Joe Montana, Joe Ice, Joe Burrow. There Joey you go. Ice. Him and Chase. Chase on fire as well. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal receiver. 
you know, I just love watching Jamar Chase. And against the Guinness World Record for our secondary, he could have a good game, you know. Just, just I just love Maddie just pointing out how I just watch this podcast every week. Just listen to it and just get that reference. But, you know, that, yeah, that's pointing, secondary. Very quietly, just pointing, going, yes, world record for our secondary, yes. <laughs> exactly. And just, it's just insane. Just, like, I just love watching this Titans team. I feel like all their, like, flaws just get, like, mass-belded, like, strengths in a way. And just the return of the king, Derek Henry. Mm. Like, I, I play a trumpet right now. Um, you know, maybe we can record that in somewhere. But just the return of the king. It's just it's just great football. I, I miss watching Derek Henry just run over dudes, have, like, you know, 23.6 mile-per-hour speeds in the open field. Like, he's just phenomenal just the absolute top of the top nfl running back like right now over the past three seasons this dude has just done everything he can and in a playoff game where it's cold where you run the ball a lot derrick henry you know that's the exact guy you just want him versus mixon is probably my matchup to be more looking at now I do kind of see where Taylor's going with the ball call, but I think Mixon will have a, more than 50 yards. I, I think he's more in the 75 to 100 range compared to like 50 and below. I just think like the Titans don't have too many like linebackers that could stop him. Um, but I do see them like leaning more on the pass game, the Bengals. And I guess this is where Ryan Tannehill has to show himself up. He just has to show up and play a good game, throw it to like um, Julio and uh, AJ Brown, just have a good game. Basically this, the pressure's on for Tannehill to perform his, uh, he had a good 2019 postseason with Derrick Henry running. I still remember them getting all the way to the AFC title game and just falling short to the chiefs. But this year, I think, I think they're a better team than that 2019 team. And, I can see like Jeffrey Simmons coming off the edge a few times, maybe getting a few pressures here and there. It's been um, pretty good. That D, yeah, that D yeah. line's actually pretty underrated. Yeah, they have has they have some good players. I think Harold Landry, he's still on the he's still on that D line. Um, just an amazing team. Like I think the Titans, I think they just got a better team, maybe a bit more experience thanks to that 2019 and 2020. They also made it as well. They got a bit of playoff experience. I think Derrick Henry coming back is huge. He's not like, you know, going to be back to full form. I don't think they'll force feed him like, you know, 200 carries like a game, but I think they'll just, they'll lean on him a lot. And I think the Titans, I got them winning in a shootout. I actually think this would be a pretty high scoring game. 34 to 27. Like, I just see, like, that sort of game, like, developing in this one. Yeah, a shootout to be expected. Well, I feel like this is the spot where I get to confirm that because, uh, to me, this is going to sound like it's just such a total bandwagon move. And I'm sure you guys just going to give me a bunch of shit about this. But I'm taking Cincinnati. And I'm sure Taylor's pleased to hear that because I don't give the Titans fucking credit for anything. (laughs) I was poking him earlier today being like, yeah, you know what? If the NFL was like, you know, college playoff set up, the Titans wouldn't even get in the playoff, let alone be, you know, the the worst number one seed in history. And he's just like, that is the ice cold worst take I've ever heard. Like I was really (laughs) trying to poke him and it fucking worked. But 
I'm not just doing this to poke. I promise, Tay, I've actually got a couple of reasons. You're going to say that's bullshit, but this season they've outgained Tennessee per game, more yards. This season they've outscored Tennessee, more points per game. And I kind of like, I think when you compare all great teams, the way you compare them is did they lose to the Jets? Yes. (laughs) So for those three reasons, Cincinnati – and they're going to do it uh, 24-16. Didn't Cincinnati 16. lose to the Jets? Yeah, Cincinnati lost to the Jets when they had yeah. Mike White, that Mike White game. So That's how you measure great teams. Man. That's how you measure them. Pie. Great teams lose to the Jets big by three points. <laughs> you can't mess with that. They lost to the Jets. The Titans lost to the Jets. They're both great teams, but just one scores more and gets more yards. So you go with that. That makes sense. Fair enough. <laughs> So just to clarify, mm. one team scores more points and they both lost to the Jets. So you take the team that scores more points. Yes. So the team I know they're more great points. teams. This is how I know so they're great teams because great teams lose to the Jets. So okay. the team that conceded more points is better than the team that conceded less points as well. <laughs> like, I believe he, scored I more believe and got he more yards is better, right? But the only way you know they're actually great teams is that they both lost to the Jets. I feel like this was so much easier when I wrote it down. You guys are making this sound so hard. <laughs> this is what 20 years of being a Jacksonville Jaguars fan does yeah, to a man, I reckon. Oh, wow. So he's getting turfed out with the bathwater now. Right? Oh, we can't listen he's to that to guy. Buy, he's had to buy about 60 beers for me in the last five seasons. <laughs> so he's, a, he's, wallet, he's wallets hurting. He's, he must have gone out and put some money on Cincinnati Bengals to get all his money back from the beers. So uh, good luck to him. <laughs> Um, wow. Absolutely wonderful takes, mate. I mean, it's hard to go against that one stat. Um, and then the and then the fact that they both lost to the Jets, it's hard to defend. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say... the points, Mum, was uh, good. You need to score more is, points to win. They do. <laughs> that's true. But, but like Manjot said, you've got to defend points too, which the Bengals don't. So we'll see what works. <laughs> um, but I, I like your take. I've got, I've got no issue if you're taking the Bengals. I think they're definitely you a chance. You don't need to defend I, points if your opponent doesn't score them. That's all. Interesting. Interesting. The, the chicken or the egg came first. Who knows? Well, um, when you take a, a top 10 <laughs> scoring offense and you put them against a middling scoring offense, okay. I, I think they're I think they're definitely a chance. I, I took the Titans by seven, so like I, I think they're going to trounce them. I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. Like I said, I'll definitely mm. give the quarterback uh, matchup to the Bengals and the wide receiver uh, yeah. matchup. I think they actually got a really you, really good offense. I took your advice. <laughs> took my advice. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to give a shout out to the Titans, and I know it's going to seem biased, and I feel like I've done a pretty good job on the show at not being biased. Um, Mm. I I take my team to lose in fantasy uh, probably too much. I, uh, <laughs> I I definitely talked down the Titans and I think they're not a great chance. Um, but the season it's probably more a shout out um, to Vrabel more so than just the Titans in general. Um, what he's done this year with the amount of injuries they've had has been absolutely insane. Uh, nine, even ninety one or ninety two players they had to use this year, which is just it's basically a second team. They had to basically put out there to um, to fill injuries in basically every single position you could think of. Um, it was just a ridiculous uh, coaching performance by him that he found ways to actually get them to win games. Like I said, they were never an offensive powerhouse, but to lose your entire offense in Derrick Henry, um, to lose your best O-lineman in Taylor Lewan, 
um, to lose a whole bunch of different guys in the secondary that were young in the first place. Like draft picks that mm-hmm. we took last year were going down. Like they couldn't keep anyone on the field. Uh, Julio, like I said, has basically no hamstring and basically was yeah. out every second game. Yeah, AJ Brown, free. their best yeah. wide receiver, was out. They had no one in their offense and half their defense, and they still ended up finding a way not only to make the playoffs – but to get the one seed ahead of teams like the Bills, the Chiefs, teams that they actually beat to get there. Um, it's, yeah. You know, if you're sitting there saying, oh, the Chiefs and the Bills should be the one seed, maybe they should have beaten the Titans to actually take it off them. Yeah. So I think we should probably start giving them some credit. They could come out and lose this week. I completely would understand that. Like, they're not this absolute dominant team, but I think they deserve the credit for being there because it's been a ridiculously tough season for them. And to do that, I think, really shows how good a coach Rabel is. So, he should be the coach of the year. Um, I'll get off my soapbox now, but I just wanted to say a bit of a spiel at the end there because I don't think they get a lot of respect from really any of the reporters and things like that, and that's just how it's going to be. It's kind of why I like going for them because they aren't a huge fan-based team and... You know, unless they, you know, out there scoring 30 a game and going, you know, 17 and 0, I don't think anyone's ever going to give them credit until they win a Super Bowl. So let's wait and see. But I think they deserve a lot of credit for what they've done under the circumstances this year. Agreed. Most most players used in NFL history. I, I got to say, Mike Fable was like one of the rare coaches who is like really good, like connection with Bill Belichick and still does like successful uh, coaching. Like, it's just phenomenal what he's done this year. Like, I think I've overused the word phenomenal in this segment. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've, I've worked on the pronunciation. I think I've got the pronunciation down pat now. Mike Fravel, he's just an amazing coach. Like, I just love the passion he's given. Like, that when he was on the Texans as a defensive coordinator and before then, like, linebackers coach, he was showing off that passion. I just love it when coaches are just, like, real – like real, like full-hearted people that just show all their passion. Like, you know, like Dan Campbell, Robert Sala, now like Mike Fable. He's like just one of those coaches. And it's just amazing to see like the Titans, you know, they've gone from like mediocrity like every year. Now they're like an AFC, like they're emerging as like a genuine Super Bowl contender. And that's just a great like um, coming of age for the Titans here. Well, I am still in the camp of people who don't give the Titans credit for anything. And um, <laughs> I, I, honestly, Taylor's right because I don't know what it's going to take for me to be like, oh, yeah, I should be terrified of the Titans. I mean, I, I lose to them twice a year as a Jags fan. But, you know, uh, so you, what are you going to measure yourself by kicking like an eight-year-old's ass? Like, it's once they actually get to playing against other men and they don't stack up against them, then I'm like, see, so what does it matter? Um, and I still don't think they will. So that's and, – and I don't know what it'll take to change my mind. Mm. That's why we're on the podcast together, mate. We take shots at each other. Yeah. Yes. I love. I mean, afterwards, you know, we go and have a schnitzel together. It's great. But when we're oh. on here, it's fucking daggers yeah. out, mate. <laughs> have some pastries afterwards, guys. Yeah. yeah. Give me those pastries. It's the fucking rules, you crybaby wankers. That's how life is with 49ers fan. And someone just pegs a dildo. Yes. <laughs> it was an absolute special. Like, it was just the perfect thing. Man, can we hear from somebody who's uh, maybe not a little biased? Burr. Uh, like, uh, burr. Like, yeah, burr. Yeah, burr. <laughs> All right. I reckon we should do the other big matchup that involves the sat. It's the Saturday game. So it's Sunday our time. It's the other big matchup involving our host, right? Because the Jags aren't there. 
So I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't flip it straight to, to Manjot to talk about do it all Debo. It's him versus the world, right? <laughs> yeah, Debo versus the world. That's why I'm getting his jersey. Um, already put the orders up with my auntie, you know, size L and everything. You know, shout out to my auntie in San Francisco getting me the goods. Anyway, onto the game. 49ers Packers. Now, I absolutely got to say, I'm scared, man. I'm, I'm actually scared. Lambeau Field, under 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Jimmy G never thrown a pass in the NFL, but he has played college ball in, like, snow. I've seen pictures today. But honestly, like, all the Packers fans, look, I'm doing the same thing as last week. I'm putting my war, my warfare tactics out there. Just like I did with Cowboys fans, let them talk up their team. And today I'm going to talk up the Packers, you know. Um, 49ers, really good performance last week, except for like the ending where Jimmy G started choking a bit. You know, Debo carrying the team again. Elijah Mitchell again, good. You know, defense was good until Warner and Bosa had to go out of the game. Uh, On to the Packers, let me just say. You know, let's talk them up. Aaron Rodgers, MVP for the second straight year. You know, is incoming. It's incoming. I'm I'm sorry for the spoilers, but he was already named first team All Pro quarterback. So that means it's confirmed. They're gonna vote him in. You know, he's the MVP this year, yeah. and he is going up against a bang up 49 secondary. You know, Emmanuel Mosley, Ambry Thomas did play well. We didn't really allow the Dallas Cowboys offense to get anywhere last week, to be honest, but. You know, this week's different. Devontae Adams is here. You know, the, the Packers are just getting healthier and healthier. You know, they're the number one seed in the NFC despite all their injuries. You know, Devontae Adams, again, got to go back to him. He is just, you know, my second. I ranked him second in my top 10 wide receivers post for a reason. After Cooper Cup, of course. He was a, definitely the second best receiver this year. Like, he's just an amazing athlete. Year in, year Year in, year out. He's just one of the best route runners in the NFL. Like week three, you know, Packers beat us because Devontae Adams was just unstoppable. Our secondary, 100 like pass interference penalties, you know, we allowed him like just to run all over us. Like we literally should have got the Guinness World Record for ass secondary just for that game. Like, gee, man, like Devontae Adams just had like Free real estate. You know, it's just free real estate for him back there. And Aaron Rodgers is just finding him time and time again in week three, despite having his, like, best, like, offensive lineman out. And this week, he has his best offensive lineman coming back. Like, back to Ari's back. You know, Elgin Jenkins is in. Like, so many dudes are back for the Packers now. You know, I think Zadarius Smith has come back. I would just... There's seven players coming back. Like, they haven't even played, like, their best team all year. Now they have their best team. Like, they're going to be, like, really, really hard to stop at Lambeau Field. Now, the one, one silver of hope I have, the 49ers in my lifetime are 3-0 against the Packers. That means in Aaron Rodgers' career, my my lifetime watching (laughs) football, we've always owned them in the playoffs. We even beat them in Lambeau when we had Colin Kaepernick, 2013 wildcard, Phil Dawson, last second field goal. You know, 2012, the year before, Colin Kaepernick running over them as well. You know, and of course, 2019, Raheem Mostert, four touchdowns. It was all run game in all three of those games. Yep. So the only thing, the only thing that can save the 49ers, I reckon, 
Elijah Mitchell. It's still how you beat. Yeah. Elijah Mitchell, Devo Samuel. Like, those two have to be on point all game for us to even have a chance against the number one seed Packers. You know, I'm just, I'm, I might be downplaying my team a bit and overplaying the Packers, but it's, it's my warfare tactics, you know, yeah, but it worked last I, week. I do, it did. I'm wearing green. I was wearing white last week. Now I'm wearing a green shirt this week. So, oh, I see what you're doing here. You know, I didn't call, <laughs> I did actually just remember this, but yeah, um, it's totally coordinated. I hope. Oh, he totally this planned thing. this out. He didn't just realize this a moment ago. He totally planned this out and he's trying to downplay that too. This is the downplayer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I reckon we throw it to Taylor, you know, to see what he has to say. Oh, so I look forward to this game for you, man, Jot. Uh, I was stoked for you last week. Uh, I think we were both pretty keen on the Niners. Um, yeah. I saw a lot of issues with the Cowboys. Like they, they came in, they had a really bad record against good teams. Um, there was a few red flags for the Cowboys last week. So I was pretty confident in the Niners and uh, they got the job done, mate. So, so well done. Um, I'm sure you. you're not shitting any less, less bricks this week than you were last week, but at least <laughs> yeah. you got that first one out of the way and uh, we can look forward to this Lambo one. Uh, all right. So the math, matchup of the game, Look, you just you just said it yourself. Do it all, Debo. Up against yeah. uh, up against a guy named Adams. I think his name is. Yeah, I think I've, I think I've heard of him. Uh, <laughs> those two, um, look, they are just phenomenal. They are absolute stars in fantasy and real life NFL. Number two and number three in fantasy finish this year. These two will be integral to their teams for their success in this game. Most deficient. This was actually quite hard to find. Both teams are either middle of the pack or better at basically everything. The worst I could find was Green Bay is 16th in rushing yards per game at 111.8. So they're obviously terrible. Obviously, just complete garbage. Um, No, I've got to say, hang on, hang on, hang on. That Mason Crosby, he has missed field goals fucking everywhere this year. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've saved you, mate. The I got gray, you back. <laughs> the grey mamba, just absolute spraying them all over the field. Um, edge by, uh, sorry, most efficient burst. Uh, Green Bay, a top eight in passing yards and passing defense. Running on this team seems to be the most efficient way to get yards, but even then, they are fifteenth in the league. Edge by position. Aaron Rodgers, and to be honest, it's not too not too close. Big stats difference as Jimmy G is more of a game manager, but man, he wins the award for just being so damn handsome. What a jawline! <laughs> yes. Se- separate award for Jimmy G. Uh, running back again, uh, like the Niners, like the Niners game against the Cowboys. This is tough. I have more confidence in Jones and Dylan than I did in Zeke and Pollard. So I'm going to lean that duo. Wide receiver. Mm. I like the Packers here. Edge goes to Adams at the top receiver over Debo. And the pair of Lazard and MVS have been far more consistent late in the season. Tight end. Uh, even though he hasn't been involved much after going ham for a month, then proceeding to end up on a milk cart in the last few weeks, I'm taking George Shittle over. <laughs> I have no idea how to pronounce that tight end's last name. DeGuaria? De- Laguardia sounds like Laguardia. Sounds like the airport in, in America. Laguardia. Um, <laughs> Stay tuned for our fantasy. podcast episode where Taylor spent fifteen minutes practicing how to say this name. <laughs> That's coming yeah, soon. I still, I still couldn't do it. <laughs> Bold fantasy call. MVS bomb touchdown and fifteen fantasy points, baby. Woo. 
Ooh. Prediction. Again, I like I really like the matchup here for the Niners. I actually believe they have the best chance of taking the Packers down. They should mm. be able to get a good, good a good dose of Eli Mitchell and Debo as the Packers' weaknesses are clearly in the defense and their run game. But I'm going to take the Packers' offense to be able to put up more points than Dak and the Cowboys did last week, ending the Niners' fairy tale run, 27-24. Ooh, nice and close. Yeah, it's close. I don't, I could actually see it really going either way. Um, it's just hard not to lean Rodgers and uh, and Co at home. Uh, it's going to be just cold as balls. There's going to be shrinking nut sacks all over the place. So, <laughs> yeah, look, I just I have to lean them. Um, I do think the Niners have the kind of game that can really rattle the Packers. If you, as you know, Manjot mentioned about the three and O record, and the fact that they really can lean on a heavy dose of running, I think that could actually hurt the Packers a bit, but. It's just too hard. I, I really feel like the Buccaneers, um, the only reason the Packers sort of fell apart last year is because the Buccaneers were just in a, you know, a ridiculously good situation last year with injuries and, um, you know, just a fairy tale sort of run for Brady and everything. I think that's the only thing that stopped them last year. And I just don't have, think there's that team this year that's uh, really set up to just to knock them out like that. But I think the Niners have what it takes to beat them and land by those. So I think it's going to be very close. Mm. Gosh, and w- where did you land, Mangelis? I know you were uh, doing that yeah, thing. Yeah, I was talking about the Packers, but we we didn't get a a landing spot for you. Yeah, I was let Taylor, you know, go. I was mm. put my prediction last. So actually, let's throw it to you, Maddie. You know, oh, what, okay. what do you have to say? Oh, you know, you're going to hate me too. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Mangelis. We both hate him. It's all good. My, <laughs> this is. This is how I make friends. I just make you hate me. And then uh, I keep defending myself long enough that you get used to me. And then you're like, oh, okay, we'll just keep him around. Oh, um, there'll be some awesome stat. They both lost to the same team once this year. Yeah. Do you want to know which team it was? <laughs> no, I didn't. I, didn't oh, I can't that. wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I went in a completely direct, different direction because Mr. COVID toe is just completely crushing. And I mean, so what I kind of wonder is like, the 49ers really travel to Lambeau to defeat a team who... Do you remember week one when the Saints just shirt-fronted the shit out of Green Bay and everyone's like, the world is yeah. closing in. So Green Bay gave the world a whole week's head start and they still got the number one seed with a week to spare. Someone's going to travel in there and mess that up on this guy who's the MVP. I, I just, mm. Do you know how many things I think have to go right for that to happen? And I just don't think there's yeah. a world where that happens. And I'm taking Green Bay. I know it doesn't need to do this. This is probably me just being mean, but it's, it's hammering home my point about the strength of one team versus what I don't think is the strength of the other. I'm taking Green Bay by 17. Oh. Funnily, sorry, funnily enough, both one seeds were absolutely trounced in week one this year. All this season. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I should bring that up, but um, yeah, the Cardinals absolutely just, I don't know. The Titans weren't quite on fire yet, but Cardinals just pissed on them anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so, man, sorry, it sounds like a mean take, but it truly is. They, they gave the whole league a one-week head start. They still chased it down. They locked it up with a whole week to go, and they did it. You know, the big game in the season was going to be going to Kansas City, and Rodgers was ruled out for that. They lost that too. Um, they pretty much had that game taken away from them by the fact that their own quarterback was a maniac and didn't fucking, you know, go around the COVID stuff properly. That aside, anyway, you would have had to miss the game anyway. And and without him, they lose that game anyway. So, it's he plays in that game. They might still lose it. 
but you can't say straight off the bat, they're going to lose it the way you could knowing Jordan Love was playing. And and especially the way that they lost it was 13 to 7. Oh, you're going to tell oh. me that Rogers playing that game wouldn't have made a big difference. Yeah, this could have been even uglier. They could have won it with two weeks to spare, even giving away week one. And you got to travel there. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. I don't want to be the harbinger of doom. I really don't want to, but it tells me I should say that. Everything points it's to quite, that. By the yeah. way, he took Cowboys by like 10 last week. So, you know, don't worry too much, man, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm like, I just can't see us. Like, I don't know how we can pull off the win here. Like, the Packers are just such a good team. It's just like the only thing like that can even like get us to win is just that shitty record Aaron Rodgers has for us after the playoffs. Like that's all I can like like point to to like even give the 49ers like some hope. Like I think like everyone and their mom and their dog and their dad and their you know their auntie and you know just their family is picking the Packers. And honestly, yeah. I have them in my Super Bowl bracket. In preseason, I had the 49ers in this matchup, but after seeing everything, I got to go with the Packers here. Honestly, I think I got to, I think I'm leaning more like that 10 points, like in between you guys, 10 to like 14 points. I reckon it'll be like in between where you guys put it as because it's just, I don't think it's our, I don't think it's our year for some reason. It just doesn't feel like. 49ers, I feel like Aaron Rodgers gets his revenge, but I do have to say, like, they did beat us in week three when both teams were banged up, so this is kind of like a, a you know, full strength both yeah. teams, the only chance we even have, we have to lean on the defensive line and the run game and honestly, we've talked about the Packers a lot, so, you know this this kind of falls into the trap I laid last week for the yeah. Cowboys, but I'm going to I'm going to talk up the Packers a lot, like, in the pregame. So, I just hope – I'm just, like, praying that we beat the Packers because, you know, I'm never going to hear it, the end of it from Packers fans, just like Cowboys fans in the DMs last week, you know. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts on this one, Tane? You've heard uh, Manjot and I both uh, finally stake our flags on these. No, like I said, I, I'm – airing on it's going to be a lot closer than you guys probably see. Um, like I said, there are definite parts of the Niners game that I think actually matches up really well with some of the weaknesses of Green Bay. I just think if they can get a heavy dose of running and Eli Mitchell just hits the ground running like he did last week against the Cowboys, I think there actually is a real chance of success for him. My, my one worry is the secondary for the Niners uh, being yeah. able to stop uh, Rogers and Adams, um, that is that that is a big worry of mine. But I just I think there's enough there to see this game being quite close, and I just think they match up well with them uh, to a point where I actually think if the Packers are going to stumble, it's going to be off a bye uh, coming up against a team that historically they haven't been great against. So um, I can definitely see mm-hmm. a world where this just ends up really close and there's a field goal in it. I agree. Was how much fun does that make this to cheer for the 49ers if we're all kind of like, okay, so in real world terms, fuck, it's hard for him. What do Aussies love more than an underdog? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. We love nothing more than an underdog. So you know who's going to be wearing red on the couch now that I've called Packers by 17? (laughs) Join join the Niners bandwagon. We're we're still here, Maddie. I like that you'll accept me even if I've just gone Green Bay by 17. Can I come and sit next to you? Yeah, it's friendliest fan base on earth. Yeah, for sure. 
I mean, I just, I'm just hoping, you know, just for like some sort of miracle to happen on the weekend. But I do agree with Taylor. Like, I see, like, like I just want to make one final point. I, I would yeah. see this as like a Packers blowout, or like a 49ers like close win. I can, I can yeah. see us win. I do have quiet confidence that we can win. I just, I'm, it's just like, I, I'm like to that part of myself that's like, 49ers got this. I'm like, yeah. I shove it down like all the way to like the bottom of the floor. I'm just like, nope, there's no chance. So that's just how I'm like going about it this week, you know, just just laying it out there, you know, just it is like what I think is, yeah, the Packers do have the better chance. There's a lot of practicalities in this that we haven't explored at all. Going to ask Taylor about it. Let's do that. I'm taking a page out of the sheriff's book. Mate, I think you should send a message and cut that idiot. Just had to note that for everyone. Just thought I'd let you know. There's my solutions to those. They have been straight stinker. <laughs> and that's an ass. That's a part of an ass for anyone out there. All right, so just like last week, we get through the previews of the games and we're going to finish the previews up in the next episode where we also have our fantasy draft. It was a great segment last week. Uh, I'll tell you why later on, but there was a big winner. We might need 30 minutes for the winner to recap and then we're going to reshake up the draft and there'll be a new draft order and uh, we'll go through all that again and try and help you start a pretty nice daily team. Uh, we also will go through what happened in the Kicked In My Nuts segment where we all selected one kicker from this week as well to really give you an edge. And you know what? It was a really good segment too. I think we helped a lot of people there. But sadly, someone's getting kicked in the nuts. And then we'll wrap this thing up and give a shout out to some folks. So come back and catch part two. That'll be on the other side of this. Hey, this is Tim from Bad Council. You want some good counsel? Keep listening to Astro League Podcast from the land down under. Play. Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C.